0: You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post.
1: More than 7,000 kilometers, or over 4,300 miles west of Beijing, lies a narrow strip of land. It's bounded by the Mediterranean Sea to the west, Israel to the north and east, and Egypt to the south. And it's home to roughly 2.3 million Palestinians. I'm talking about the Gaza Strip. Gaza has been ruled by the Palestinian militant group Hamas since 2006. For several weeks now, the area has been a war zone. We begin tonight with the Middle East in flames. Israel has formally declared war after that unprecedented multi-pronged terror attack from Hamas. The surprise assault happened on October 7th, when Hamas militants stormed through border fortifications to reach southern Israel, where they killed about 1,400 people and took more than 200 others hostage. Fighters from Hamas's armed wing, the Qassam Brigades, crossed into southern Israel by land and air, With the attack underway, Hamas announced the start of what it called Operation Al-Aqsa Flood. Israel has retaliated with devastating airstrikes and ground incursions. One month after the Hamas attack, more than 10,000 Palestinians have been confirmed killed and nearly 1.5 million people were forced to flee their homes.
0: Israel is changing the skyline of the Gaza Strip. Flattening it.
1: Israel's response started with a full siege, blocking Gaza's access to food, water, fuel, and electricity. The U.S. government has staunchly supported Israel with rhetoric, military aid, and a visit by President Joe Biden.
0: I come to Israel with a single message. You're not alone. You are not alone. As long as the United States stands, and we will stand forever, we'll not let you ever be alone.
1: But what about China? Where does it stand on this issue, and what kind of role does it have in this conflict? This is Inside China. I'm Jasmine Tse. To find the answer to those questions, I'm turning to Josephine Ma. She's a veteran journalist and an editor on the SEMP China Desk. Joe, can you first give us a brief rundown on the historical relationship between China and Palestine and China and Israel?
0: Sure. It all dates back to Mao Zedong's time. So at that time, in the 40s and in the 50s, actually, China supported all these so-called third world liberation movements. And in the 60s, uh, Mao Zedong actually compared Israel with Taiwan and said um, they are both imperialist bases. So in the 50s and the 60s, China reportedly gave support to Palestines to train their soldiers, or even there were reports about like standing arms over there. But interestingly, Israel was one of the first countries to recognize the PRC back in the 50s. But China, I mean, because of the Korean War, and Israel kind of like sided with The Western powers and, of course, like China was on the other side. So this kind of relationship didn't really continue. Um, China didn't really respond to this friendly gesture by Israel. And China has always been supporting the Palestinians throughout the decades. And I mean, like, for example, in the 80s, uh, we always like, heard about Arafat and how they are, like, he is a close friend with China. And Arafat, the leader of a PLO, visited China uh, many times during his lifetime. So the relationship between China and Palestine has been like, in a very friendly relationship
1: for a long time, for decades. What about China and Israel? How has their relationship changed over time? China established um, diplomatic
0: ties with Israel in 1992. But actually, before that, in the 80s, when China's relationship with um, the U.S. was warmer, there were already like reports about the technological exchanges or the sales of some high-tech equipment to China in the 80s. So there were like informal ties, going on even before 1992 so since 1992 after china established diplomatic ties with israel in 1992 exchanges and also trade relations and, and economic relations has been like growing like um, throughout the past two decades that's why like even like weeks ago in a press conference the chinese foreign uh, ministry spokesperson was saying china is a friend of both Palestine and Israel. And after two thousand, year two thousand, like there were reports about like China's buying, for example, like radar system and air to air missiles technology from Israel. And when the relationship was like getting like closer and closer, US actually stepped in and saying like these do Post security threats, so these kind of like military exchanges or, or sales kind of like stopped some um, in the past decade because of U.S. pressure on Israel. But still, I mean, the economic ties has been growing. I mean, China still is, I mean, the second largest trade partner of Israel. A lot of the trade has to do with like the export of Chinese goods to to Israel. So, yeah, I mean, the economic ties has been pretty strong in the past two decades
1: since they established um, diplomatic ties. Was it difficult for Beijing to strike a balance between historically supporting Palestine and the Palestine Liberation Organization while also deepening economic ties with Israel? Or is that something that diplomats in China are used to doing? China has said before
0: that they wanted to play a role in the relationship between um, Palestine and Israel. But it didn't really like do a lot of things. But it did mention that before. And also, I think we should bear in mind that even though China has reiterated its long standing position that it called for like a two-state solution, for the ears of the Israeli, they don't think the current government in Palestine, the so-called PA, the Palestinian Authority, can reign in Hamas. So China has a very long relationship with the PLO, but That is not Hamas. And we all know that like FETA and Hamas, they don't get along. They are like rival parties in the region. So when Beijing is pitching this two-state solution, there are a lot of doubts from Israel. And for Israel and for U.S. and for some European government, Hamas is a terrorist group. China has never branded Hamas or Hezbollah as terrorist groups. And even after the October 7th attack, China has not condemned Hamas. So we can see the difference there. And it also highlights how difficult it is if China
1: wants to play the mediator role there. You mentioned how Beijing hasn't condemned Hamas. Besides that, what else has China said or done in response to the Israel-Gaza conflict? So Beijing didn't really... Condemn Hamas. But
0: of course, it condemned the act to kill civilians. And it also talked about like Israel's right to, to defend itself. But as the airstrikes um, go on, and there are more civilian casualties in Gaza, and also it has become clearer that China is standing with the Arab countries And it talked to a lot of Arab country leaders. And also, it has made it clear that um, it's standing with Russia. It has the same position as Russia on on the issue. So since then, I mean, China made a remark saying that um, what Israel has done has gone beyond self-defense. It's not a watershed, but it's getting clearer that China's stance is is getting clearer. And since then, I mean, China has been condemning like the killings and the blockade and and all this. And it also called for a ceasefire, an immediate ceasefire. And just a few days ago, China vetoed US-backed resolution in the UN. And it said that resolution was evasive because it didn't call for like a ceasefire or it didn't address... Israel's airstrikes in, in Gaza. So it vetoed that resolution. That's why some people are saying the kind of neutrality Beijing has is an anti-West neutrality. It wants to show that it's standing with the Arabic countries and is different from the Western power. It plays a better mediator role than the Western power. So some people call that anti-West Neutrality. Some people call that like pro Palestinian neutrality. And there are like different descriptions to it. But of course, like China's official line is that it's neutral and it wants to protect the civilian. So its proposal basically can be summarized in three points. First, stop killing the civilians, second, go back to talk. And the third point is a two-state solution and go back to the pre-1967 border. So these are the three points that China is pitching right now. And this month, China is having this one-month term as the rotating president of the UN Security Council. So some of the Chinese media said, oh, China should use this opportunity to play a role to facilitate, to talk and to mediate and to show to the world its responsibility as a major power in the world. But on the other hand, its leverage is limited in the sense that how can it influence Israel? I mean, with a position
1: like this. Joe, can you explain to us why China wants to help resolve the conflict between Israel and Palestine? China wants to look good in the
0: international community. It wants to play a bigger role on the world stage. But on the other hand, China really wants stability in the region, partly because of the Belt and Road Initiative. It has economic interests there and also is one of the biggest oil importer in the Gulf region. And the stability of that region is important for China as well. That's why China also has its own interests in the region. But analysts are doubting China's leverage in the region and whether it can do the heavy lifting job in terms of mediation.
1: China has a long-standing policy of non-interference, where it doesn't interfere with a country's domestic politics and affairs. Is that why China says it's staying neutral on this matter because of non-interference? I think what China is doing is in line with its policy in
0: recent years to challenge the post-war world order, or what it called the U.S. hegemony, and it wants to show that um, there is an alternative to the Western-dominated world order, especially China wants to be the champion of the global South. So what it is doing is in line with this strategy or policy in recent years. So it wants to stand with the Gulf countries, the Arabic countries, instead of being seen as partnering with the West. Or it wants to show that they have a better solution or they can do the job better than Western countries. So I think that's
1: what China is trying to do. Has China won any sort of diplomacy points among people in the global south because of its stance on Israel and Gaza? I think for the time being, I mean, the world is so polarized on this issue. And
0: even among the Arabic countries, I mean... Analysts are saying, I mean, are you sure that there is a consensus on it already? I mean, even among the Arabic countries, the views are diversified. That also explained why China kept telling the Arabic counterparts that China wants to hear a unified voice from the Arabic countries and China wants to side with them. That's what China has been saying. But even for that step, I think they haven't reached that point yet.
1: We've seen Chinese consulates around the world using this issue to point out what they see as Western hypocrisy. For example, Xinjiang. Beijing has repeatedly denied any human rights abuses taking place there against its Muslim Uyghur population. And last week, the Chinese embassy in France shared a picture of Gaza and a picture of Xinjiang and was like... Look at the criticism we get for our treatment of Muslims in our country, and then look at what the West is allowing Israel to do to Gaza. Is this part of Beijing's diplomacy strategy? Mm. I don't think that plays a big
0: part in the whole equation, even though China wants to show that it's doing much better than the Western countries. On the other hand, I think China is quite confident with what it has done in Xinjiang, that uh, it has eliminated what it perceived as threats. And a few months ago, China has been talking about like economic development there. But I don't think it
1: plays a big part in Beijing's response to this crisis. Beijing has sent its Middle East special envoy Jai Jun to the region after this conflict broke out. What kind of message is he bringing to the region?
0: I think his presence there shows that China is playing a role, or China is making efforts to do something about the crisis. But if you look at the country he has visited, he has recently has visited like Jordan, Saudi Arabia, UAE, and actually the first diplomat he met. In Middle East was Russia, a Russian envoy. So far, Chinese officials have made phone calls to Israel, but Mr. Jai hasn't gone to Israel or Palestine. So I think it's more about um, showing that China is making efforts, China is doing something, China is talking to the Arabic neighbours of Israel. And I think that's the key message.
1: What about other big players in the region like Iran? So far, I haven't
0: seen any report saying that Zhaijun is going to Iran. Of course, China has called Iran in the past weeks and they call for like stability and two-state solution and so on. So the U.S. has been saying that Beijing should use its influence or its good relationship with Iran to give pressure to utter uh, to, or to rein in Iran because Iran is the, we all know, like has been backing Hamas and Hezbollah. But so far, we haven't heard anything like official from Beijing.
1: As this has been going on, from your reporting, what's been the reaction from Israel to China's involvement? Israeli officials
0: have made uh, public remarks on Beijing's response. For example, after the October 7th attack, Israel said it's disappointed that Beijing hasn't condemned Hamas, and also recently, Israeli envoy to Taiwan said that he's disturbed by Beijing's silence. I mean, to to condemn Hamas. I think that's a gap of perception there. For Israel, is an existential threat. If you look at like the Israeli media recently, they've been circulating an interview of Hamas spokesperson on a Lebanon TV. So he's saying that Hamas wants to wipe out Israel and there'll be more attacks. And so for Israel, they perceive this as an existential threat. And for them, it's not about Having a group of people who wants independence, who wants like their own state is about like whether they will be wiped out, whether they will be annihilated by what they call like terrorists. But for Beijing, it's been calling for two state solution, and actually Wang Yi and other officials said the root of the problem. Is the decades of sufferings of the Palestinian people and their welfare and their rights have been ignored. But for Israel, they perceive it like in a totally different way. It's about like whether they'll be annihilated. So there's a gap there. And that also explains why it would be very difficult for
1: Beijing to play a role in the mediation. With that gap existing, do Israeli officials think China is truly neutral on this issue?
0: So far I could only found those um, two public statements, but if they said they are like deeply disappointed, then even though they are not saying it explicitly, I think it's they are hinting or they will be like pondering whether like China and Russia are real friends in crisis, right? So, if Beijing wants to have like more influence on this issue, they will have to convince like all the parties there that it's truly neutral. But that would be very hard because like the whole world is polarised now. And also the humanitarian crisis is kind of like worsening in Gaza and time is running out. So it's very tricky and it would be very difficult for
1: Beijing to play a role there. And how do Palestinians view China in this? Do they think Beijing is on their side? So far, I haven't heard any
0: public statement about like, what Hamas thinks about Beijing. But Beijing has made it clear that it is willing to give more humanitarian aid to Gaza. That is what Beijing has pledged.
1: So you mentioned how there is no easy way to mediate the situation. From your understanding, do you think this is a more complex situation for China to navigate than the Russia-Ukraine war? Yeah, I think it is more complex to China because China's relationship
0: with Russia is kind of, like, clearer than with, like, all these parties that are in the region. And for a lot of analysts, I mean, Middle East is always the most complex, like, um, situation in terms of, like, uh, the relations there. And so... Um, it is difficult, and China has put out this, um, like, a long proposal on how to resolve the Ukraine war. But whether it has, a, like, a real impact on the situation, I mean, after months, and we can see it, it's still, like, going on, I mean, the, the war there. But for the Middle East, it's even
1: more complex because more parties are involved. Inside China, how are people perceiving this conflict? How has it been covered on state media? And what are people saying on social media? At first, I mean, the the Chinese
0: media, they were shocked by the Hamas attack. But as the airstrikes continue, I mean, there are more and more reports criticizing the airstrikes. I mean, the killings of the civilians. So, I mean, if you look at CCTV and other state media, like the pictures of the devastated Gaza and so on. And for the social media, Actually, I was a bit shocked when I checked the Weibo because there is actually quite a lot of hate language towards Jewish. For me, that's a bit surprising because for the past decades, I mean, China was known as like, for example, Shanghai Ports, like back like decades ago, it actually protected the Jewish refugees during the Second World War. So there were so many posts criticizing like, Jews. I mean, not only the airstrikes, the action. I mean, they they were criticizing Jews. And and also, I mean, I just saw a post like someone puts the Israeli flag alongside with the Nazi flag. And this kind of post actually drew a response from the German embassy in China. So the German embassy actually made a public statement on its Weibo account, calling it stupidity. And a lot of these posts are from like nationalist blogger. And they compare the airstrikes to like the imperialism that China suffered before. So I saw like posts like that. I mean, I don't think that represents the official stance, but because there have been so many reports about um, the killing of the civilians and the brutality in Gaza, and people responded that way. And I must say, I was surprised to see these posts. And that was something I haven't seen before.
1: Are these posts still up or have they been censored? I could still find
0: them. I mean, today and yesterday. But for the Chinese censors, sometimes like they keep censoring and then the new posts will come up. So I'm not sure whether any of them have been removed before. But I can only say that I can still find them. For Chinese social media, I mean, there's a tendency sometimes when certain kind of sentiments start or or goes down the road, then they can be quite extreme sometimes. We will still have to see like maybe like days later or a week later whether this kind of sentiment is growing stronger or not. We will have to see. But of course, if the airstrikes like... Still go on, a lot of the public opinion, not only in China, but in other countries, they begin to talk more about the, the airstrikes and the civilian casualties in Gaza
1: than the Hamas attack. So, what can Beijing do about what's happening in Israel and Gaza right now? This conflict has existed for decades. And as you said, it's a very tricky and difficult problem. What can Beijing actually do about this conflict? I think pragmatism will be very important. It seems that China
0: and US have started like talking to each other. One, he has just gone to the US, and uh, presidency will um, likely go to the US, and there will be a summit between um, the two presidents. So, one, I think pragmatism makes sense in the way when just push aside like whether it's Western or China or Arab, just like everyone with influence there. Let's see what will be the best way. I mean, just see whether they can all work together and see whether there will be a way out.
1: What about Iran? You mentioned how China doesn't have much leverage over Israel. But can China apply pressure on Iran and convince it to de-escalate the situation?
0: Iran's economy does have this heavy reliance on China because, as you said, it's been isolated by a lot of countries. So it really depends on... China's political will? Because on the other hand, I mean, China is buying more oil from Iran and because of sanctions, I mean, they have to lower the price. And China is actually like buying cheap oil from Iran. And so their relationship is more on like the economic benefit for both sides. So whether China has leverage. On this, Because Iran relies on China. But on the other hand, China needs the oil I and mean, China wants the oil from Iran. So whether China wants to pressure Iran on this or whether Iran will listen to China is another issue. Because Iran, I mean, has made it clear it wants to wipe out Israel. So it's something like deep in the ideology. It's, it's more than like whether we can coexist or whether it's to do with economic conflicts. It's something very deep. I mean, that's, that's one of the core
1: value of the rulers in Iran. That being said, how do you see this playing out for China's relationship with Israel and Palestine? I think China
0: really wants to be a friend to both sides, to both Israel and Palestinians. But when it has to choose whether it will stand with the U.S., the Western power, or whether it will stand with the the global south or the Arabic countries. And Russia, it picked its side. But I think that's not the end. I mean, there are still leeway. There is still room for maneuver. And China's position is so special. I mean, there is no other country in the world that has been like, friends to both sides for decades, I mean, before this attack happened. So because of this special role or influence, there is still a chance for China to do something there. China has never been a big player in the region, so it's a starting point for it. And it's very complex, but China is trying to do what it can. And we have to understand this is one of the most complex issues in the world. We can't blame any country for not able to resolve this, because so many countries have tried. And for that case, I mean cannot be resolved. But I think having the incentive of having the willingness to do something about it is a very good starting point.
1: That was Josephine Ma. You can find our latest articles at scmp.com. I'm Jasmine Said. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?